Superhero Sunday, so the kids are dressed up and they got a lesson about the heroes of the Bible. Amen. So even little Jack is saying, I'm a, I'm a hero. I'm a superstar. Yes, you are. <laughs> amen. We're thankful, amen, that the kids have a safe place to go and hear about the word of the Lord. Amen. Why don't we turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis. We're going to jump to a couple of different scriptures. Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Amen. Brother Wesley is saying praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And I believe the words should be on the screen right behind me. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Amen. That's a promise that God made to that patriarch, Abram. And if we could turn briefly to the book of Galatians into the New Testament. Amen. The book of Galatians chapter number 3 and verse number 16. And we're going to read a couple of verses, a few verses in there. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 16. Alright, we're ready to go. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. And verse number 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ, the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe, or the promise of Jesus Christ by faith. And then verse number 29, as we skip over there, and it says, And if ye be Christ, that's a possessive word implying ownership. Hence the apostrophe S. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The verses that we read in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3 was the promises of God to Abraham and to his seed that God would bless him and that through him all the nations of the world would be blessed. And... We continue in the book of Galatians and the writer of Galatians makes a direct connection between the seed of Abraham and the seed of Christ. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. I want to preach this morning on the promise plan of God. The promise plan of God. Amen. Why don't we set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to talk to us here this morning. And speak into our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your word that we read. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the presence of God that we feel in this place today. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done up to this point, God. We thank you for bringing us to a place, God, such as where we are here this morning, God, that we could hear your word. That we could receive your word, God. And I pray that you would give us understanding today. I pray that as I'm preaching this morning, you would open my eyes further, God. Help me to see more of you, God. Help your word to be made more clear to us today, God. Lead us and guide us. Speak to our hearts, God. And I pray that you would give us hearts that can receive your word, God. Open our hearts and open our minds to receive your word today. God, we pray all of this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated for a few moments. Amen. We're excited about the promises that God has over our lives and for our church. 
And if you do a quick Google search and look up the definition of the word promise, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, a promise is a, a declaration that one will do or refrain from doing something specified. It's a declaration of something that a person will perform a specific act or refrain from performing a specific act. A promise is a legally binding declaration that gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect or to claim the performance or for forbearance of a specified act. And then the third definition as Merriam-Webster attempts to define the word promise is it is a reason to expect something. A reason to expect something. And here this morning under the sound of my voice is a people for which God has made promises in His Word. God has made specific promises to that old patriarch Abram who would later become Abraham. And God made promises to him and there were great and precious and exceeding promises that God made in Abraham's life. And then as we fast forward to the New Testament, we see that those promises made to Abraham are not just for Abraham and his physical seed, but they are for the spiritual seed of Abraham. That is why God would tell Abraham to look onto the, look onto the seashore and try and count the sands of the sea. That was the, the earthly seed of Abraham. And that was representative of the, the physical, the biological seed that would come from his loins and would come from his, uh, from his, from his, his body. And then God also told Abraham to look up and to the stars of the heaven. And so as you cannot number the stars of the heaven, Abraham, that is going to be the seed that I'm going to bless you with. And that is the spiritual seed Amen of Abraham. And that is the Gentile people. We as the church. Amen. A part of the spiritual plan that God had from the beginning of time. And there are promises that God made to Abraham that we as we join the body of Christ. And we become in Christ. And we join the family of God. We become heirs according to the promise of God. And there are promises over this church this morning. There are promises to families in this church today. Amen. And it is a declaration of the will of God to perform specific things in your life. It is a declaration by the voice of the lips of God to perform things for you that you cannot do for yourself. Amen. And it is a reason to expect something. That's why when we come to the house of God on a Sunday morning, we can come with great expectations. We can come and believe that God will perform something in our lives. It's not that we just come to church and we just go through the motions. Amen. But we can come expecting God to open, amen, the windows of heaven and pour out blessings in our lives. Because He told Abraham, I will bless thee. And through the blessing, you will be a blessing to this world. And in these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. But make no mistake about it. It is the will of God to bless His people. It is the will of God furthermore that through that blessing you could bless your world. You could be a blessing to the world around you. Amen. There is a promise on this people this morning. That God wants to put His name upon you. That God wants to put His hand of favor upon this church. And in a few more moments I'm going to uh, specify exactly what that promise is. Amen. What that promise is to the people of God. There is a promise that God made in Genesis chapter 35 and 11. It is a props, it is the prospect, the promise of a coming king. The prospect of a coming king was a constant theme in the promise plan of God. The promise of a coming king or a Messiah. That is why the Jewish people for year after year would be on the lookout. They would be looking for a Messiah. The promised one that would come and would deliver them out of the bondage of sin. That would deliver them out of the law of sin and death. Amen. It would show them a better way. And Genesis 35 and 11 says, And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings 
shall come out of thy loins. There was a promise, amen, that there was going to come kings out of the loins of Abraham. In Numbers chapter 24 and verse number 17, God speaks again to that old prophet Balaam. And he says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Amen. There is a promise, amen, that came forth from the lips of the old prophets of old. Amen. That there was going to come a day when Jesus Christ would show up onto the scene of this world and would redeem lost humanity, amen, from the ravages of sin. And there was going to come a day when they hope, amen, the hope of glory would come down and come and manifest Himself in the flesh and would redeem mankind from their sin. Amen. For to the old patriarchs of old and to the prophets, amen, such as Balaam, the prophets of Isaiah, amen, the prophets of old, the, the Word of God was constantly speaking. Amen. God would speak through the lips of Isaiah and would say with stammering lips in another tongue will He speak to His people. There's going to come a day, Isaiah, that I'm going to pour my Spirit out upon all flesh. God would also prophesy to the prophet Joel. Through the lips of the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Amen. God was speaking, amen, to the prophets of old that there was going to come a day. Amen. Rest assured, amen. It may be hard, but there's going to come a day in which I will show myself strong. I will reveal myself and I will put my law in their hearts. I will put my spirit in them and I will be to them a God and they will be to me a people. And God began to fulfill His Word. God began to reveal Himself more clearly throughout the ages. That promise that God made to Abraham and to his descendants that I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. Amen. Nowhere is it more clear than in the story of Joseph in the Bible. The story of Joseph in the Bible is he was born, amen, to uh, Jacob. Jacob begat the twelve sons and one of them was named Joseph. And God gave Joseph a dream that one day the sun and the moon and the eleven stars would bow down, would bow down to him, and they would pay obeisance to him. And, and God began to move in the life of Joseph. The siblings of Joseph did not like hearing that prophecy. They did not, they did not like hearing that dream that Joseph had. In fact, they, they hated him for it and they envied him because they perhaps wanted to be over everybody. Amen. But God gave Joseph a dream, and that dream allowed him. It caused him to be put into a pit and to be sold into slavery by his own brethren. And the Bible says that there was some people passing by the, the way on that day. As they passed by that pit, the brothers of Joseph sold him into slavery. And it was uh, into the hands of people that were on their way to Egypt. And as they went into Egypt, they sold Joseph again into the house of Potiphar. And, and God, God's hand was upon Joseph. And Joseph went to a Gentile land. He went to a, a place where God's name was not there. He went to a place where God's presence was not there. It was not where the people of God were. But Joseph was a child of promise. Joseph was a child of God. And Joseph had promises on his life. And because of the, the nature of the promise of God for Joseph's life. And the seed of Abraham. It would be Joseph that would bring blessings to Egypt. He would, be, he would bring blessings to that land of Egypt. And Egypt, amen, had played type of the world. Although it was a type of the world, Joseph brought with him blessing. And it was the favor of God upon that son of promise. That he would bring blessings, amen, to Egypt. And because of the, the promises of God upon Joseph, amen, the day came that God gave Pharaoh a dream. Uh, of years of plenty and then followed by years of famine. And God gave Joseph the interpretation of the dream. Uh, God gave him the interpretation and the wisdom to know what to do with it. It was the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom combined. It was, they worked hand in hand. 
the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom work in tandem. And so it was working in the life of Joseph. And Joseph instructed Pharaoh what he should do when you encounter the years of plenty and there's so much crop and there's abundant harvest. You are to store up the harvest for the time of famine will follow immediately after. And God began to bless Joseph and God elevated Joseph. You can study the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. And you can find that even though he was in slavery, even though he was uh, held captive, amen, by his taskmasters, amen, that God would elevate Joseph so that he would be over all of Potiphar's house, amen, a slave over all of the house, over all of the riches, over, over all of the uh, control of his master's house. God elevated Joseph and God blessed him. And it didn't matter if he was in slavery, God would bless him. And furthermore, the, the time would come that Potiphar's wife would lie on Joseph and Joseph would be cast into a prison and in a prison, amen, in the place of, in that dungeon, in that deep, dark place of bondage God would elevate Joseph again and God would bless him and God would have Joseph over all of the prison and it was the favor of God it was because he was a son of promise, I'm preaching this morning on this Sunday morning to the people that God promises on your life and no matter where you find yourself in this world, God wants to make you the head and not the tail. It's the will of God that you live in blessing. And God bless you so that you can bless the world. We are children of promise. We are heirs according to the promise. God would bless the hand, the work of Joseph. To the point that all of the world would gather and would come to Egypt to buy grain. When God made a promise to Abraham, he made it specifically. I will bless thee and in thee shall all the families of the world be blessed. And nowhere is it more clear than when all of the world went to Egypt. And through the hand of Joseph, every family in the world was blessed. Because God had his favor and his hand upon that son of promise. There is blessings that God wants to bestow through on the people of God and through the people of God. And it's not ever just so you can sit back and pad your bank account and never be a blessing to anybody else. But it is so that God can use you as a channel. To pour His blessings out in this world. And that you could be a funnel for the blessings of God. Throughout the Old Testament there's, another, there's other stories. And one specifically about the intent of God to, to bless His people. And through them other families of the world would be blessed. Amen. God spoke to that old prophet named Jonah. To go to Nineveh. A Gentile people. A people that... The Jewish people looked at it and said they're not deserving. They probably thumbed their noses and said, I, we're better than those people. They don't deserve what we have. But it's the will of God that through His people, everybody be a partaker of the promise. Everybody be a partaker of the promise. And the story of Nineveh is that Nineveh was that evil and wicked city that would kill the prophets Amen. That would, there were so many vile acts that they would perform in Nineveh. Amen. And Jonah, perhaps no doubt, approached that city with fear. Amen. And, and with a certain distaste in his mouth because he was probably part fearful that as he went to Nineveh to proclaim the gospel, he might be killed or he might be destroyed. Amen. But the point is, is regardless of how godless Nineveh was, they were still the object of God's concern. And I want to tell you this morning, regardless of how godless this world is, they are still the object of God's concern. And God is saying, I want to bless this people in here this morning within the four walls of this church so that through this people you can go out and be a blessing to your world and you can reach a godless world that needs Him. So many powerful stories of the promised plan of God. The promised plan of God. There's great potential that is seen 
in the story of Ezekiel's boneyard. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, records the story of Ezekiel's boneyard. And what it is, is God takes Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, to a valley full of dry bones. I have not seen in real life human bones. I think that'd be a little creepy. Uh, but God lifted the prophet Ezekiel and took him to a place where there was a valley full of dry bones. Full of bones. Which represented people that had died. People that no longer were. People that the life had gone out of them. There was no hope for them. It was a hopeless situation. It was a situation that looked impossible. And God began to speak to the prophet Ezekiel and said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can this valley of dry bones live? Is there hope, Ezekiel? Is there hope for this situation? Ezekiel said, only you know, God. Only you know. And I can imagine that even under the sound of my voice here this Sunday morning, there are people in this house or people that you know that are facing situations and looking at things and saying, God, only you know if there's a way out. Only you know, God, if there's answers for me, if there's hope for my situation. God, it looks dry, it looks dead, it looks abandoned, it looks forgotten. But God, only you know if there's hope for me. And I've come to tell you today that you've come to the right place. Because God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and said, Son of man, prophesy to those bones. And command the life to come back. And the word of God began to go forth from Ezekiel's lips. And he began to prophesy to the four winds to come and to blow upon that valley full of dry bones. And the Bible says that as Ezekiel began to prophesy, the bones began to come back together and life began to come into those bones, into those bodies, and they again began to live. The promise plan of God. The promise plan of God. When God makes a promise to our lives. There's no wondering. There should be no wondering. No doubting. Is it going to come to pass? Is it going to happen? It may not be exactly like you think it ought to happen. It may not be exactly when you think it ought to happen. It may not be how you think it ought to happen. Amen. It may not be according to all of your reasons and all of your logic and all of your schooling. Amen. But God has a way of performing His work. Amen. God has a way of fulfilling His promise to you. Amen. God wants to fill somebody in this house this morning with the baptism of His Spirit. God wants to bring life. God wants to bring life. Nostalgia may be experienced upon finding the visible and familiar bone fragments of yesterday's lying here and there. However, in reference to Ezekiel's boneyard, without a reconnection to the invisible, that spirit of God the visible bone yard, the visible apparent broken promises will continue to lay silently in potential, disconnected, moldering the dust of memory until there's a connection with the Spirit of God. The hopeless situation that there are those in this house facing today will continue to stay hopeless until there's a direct connection with the Spirit of God in your life and the word of God is preached and you reach out and you grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants to speak to somebody in this house this morning. These which once had been but experienced degeneration are now through the utterance of the creative word of God. 
revived to their pristine state. When the word of God begins to be spoken. And the promise of God begins to go out over a parent hopeless situation. I don't know, perhaps today you're facing family members that you think they're never going to come to God. There's people I've witnessed to that it seems like they're never going to come to God. And I've prayed prayers for years and I haven't seen anything happen. But he made a promise. And it's that promised plan of God that it will unfold in his time. And we're not to be the ones to peel the petals of that rose by ourselves. As an old preacher once said, just let the rose unfold in your life. Don't get in a hurry and try to unfold that rose because in the process of trying to manhandle the rose and you try to open that rose in your time and the way you want to make it happen, the rose petals begin to break off. But if you allow it to unfold, God will reveal His promise and His plan in your life. And it will be His doing and not our own. It will be the handiwork of God. And when God gets done unfolding the rose in your life, it will be something of beauty. It will be something that the world will get enjoyment from and blessing from. Let God unfold that rose. Let God, let His Spirit have its way in your life. May there be a connection with the Spirit of God in your life. The valley of dry bones, and I'll move on, represents pieces, fragments. But when God finishes working on the valley of dry bones, there's wholeness. It's no longer scattered and fragmented and a hopeless situation. But it comes together just as it does when God's word works in your life. Why don't we lift our hands to God in this house? So why don't we take a few moments and let's just put our minds upon the Lord. Come on, I need everybody to reach out to God for a few moments. God, I need you to have your way in this place today, God. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your spirit. God, I'm asking you, God, to move in this place today, God. God, I know you have a plan for us, God. God, I know there are promises over this church today. There are promises over our families. There are promises over us today, God. God, help us to be able to receive it today. Open our eyes, God. Open our ears, our hearts to be able to receive that word today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 44, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah and makes another promise. says, Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeserun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. The word of God speaks again. That promise goes out in the Old Testament. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. The promise plan of God for this church, for this people, that there would come a day when God would pour his spirit out and we could be partakers of that promise. And then... A most cataclysmic event takes place in the book of Acts. As the apostles and disciples obey the word of the Lord to tarry in Jerusalem and and wait for the promise of the Father to be due with power from on high. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 16, Amen. This is after the Holy Ghost was poured out. Amen. This, the the writer, uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, 16 through 17 says, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. There is the revelation of the fulfillment of the promises of God as God's spirit is poured out. And His spirit 
moves inside the people of God. And His law gets in their hearts. And then Acts chapter 2 verses 38 to 39 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise of God from the beginning of time is to put His Spirit in your hearts and in our souls and the sign that you have the Holy Ghost if you speak in other tongues. Because the Bible says when the day of Pentecost uh, came, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. That is the plan of God being unfolded. Amen. That is the revelation of the plan and the purpose and the promise of God. Amen. And so we are the children of promise. Amen. We are heirs according to the promise. And it's been the promised plan of God from the beginning of time to pour out of the Spirit in this world. Amen. In the book of Acts, in the upper room, God first began to pour out of the Spirit. And the promise of God began to be unfolded and began to be revealed as people spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. That is the plan that God has for this people today. Is that you would be filled with His Spirit. You would be filled with the Holy Ghost. And to the soul, the saint in this house that said, well, I've already got the Holy Ghost. They're blessed to be a blessing. There's things that God wants to do in your life and through your life. The Holy Ghost is not just for you, but it's for whosoever will. Let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. If we could stand to our feet, Sister Lisa, would you come? There's a promise that God has for us today, for this church. God wants to put his spirit in us. God wants to move in our hearts and in our lives. But first, there has to be a turning. First, there has to be a turning. We escape the wrath of God, the evil in this world. Just as an automobile driver escapes from hitting a signpost in the middle of the road, driving down the road of life, You see in front of you an obstacle. You're a fool not to turn. Driving down the road of life, you see the road falls off into a steep canyon. You're a fool to not turn. And see, I see the impending destruction. I see what the road ahead leads. There has to be a turning. There has to be that repenting. There has to be a turning away. Saying, God, the path that I'm on leads to destruction. It leads, God, to to utter destruction, God. I have to turn. The road that I'm traveling, God, it's a hopeless road. It's going to be full of heartache and pain. God, it's going to be full of eternal abandonment from God and separation from God. Help me to turn, God. Help me to turn. And join the family of God. Being heirs according to the promise. Help me to turn, God. God, I'm going in a specific direction. It's not looking good. I've got to turn, God. I've got to turn. I want your promises in my life. I want your promises in my life. 
I've got to turn. Hallelujah. A moth. That old moth that destroys many of wool coats. A moth living in a world of mere sensation. Governed by his attractions and repulsions and nothing else. A one dimensional creature. The moth is drawn into the fire by just the mere attraction. By his mere, he's, he's governed by his attraction. He's drawn into the fire. And in a moth's one dimensional world, he cannot escape and is therefore destroyed. To the moth, the fire represents desire. But finally it becomes hell. It becomes his destruction. The moth, the one dimensional creature governed by his attractions and his repulsions. But we're more than one dimensional creatures this morning. And just as the only escape for the moth from the fire is to turn it's to turn. The only salvation ahead for man is to turn to an entirely different dimension. And all other schemes on a mundane plane are merely different ways of dashing itself into the flame. He must turn and say, I want the promise of God on my life. I want the plan of God for my life. I don't want my own will. I don't want to do my own thing. I want the promised plan of God for my life. I'm going to turn. I'm going to repent. I'm going to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I don't want to live that way no more. God, I want to turn. I'm not a one-dimensional moth. I'm not a one-dimensional creature. I see where the road ahead leads. I've got to turn. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this house today. I believe God wants to speak to our hearts. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's put our minds upon the Lord. Let's allow God to speak into our lives. God is wanting somebody to realize there's a promise on your life. There's a promise on your life today, friend. And all you've got to do is you've just got to turn. You've got to turn and say, God, I want what you have for my life. I'm going to turn, God. I'm going to repent, God. I'm going to turn from my way of living. And I'm coming back to that place you have prepared for me. The most powerful prayer you can pray is made up of two ingredients and I, with this I close. The most powerful prayer made up of, the, of two ingredients. Sincere desire for the thing prayed for. When you come to God, your desires must be sincere. It must be truly, God, I want what you have for me. God, I want what I'm praying for so bad. God, I'm so sincere. God, I want it with all of my heart. I want it with everything that's inside of me, God. You come to God with praying a sincere, with a sincere prayer. And the final ingredient, this, the number two ingredient that makes up the most powerful prayer is an equally sincere relinquishing of that desire completely into the hands of God to grant or deny it as He sees best. You come to God, you, you open your lips and you begin to pray and you, your heart's filled with sincere desire and an equally sincere desire to relinquish your will to His and say, God, just as much as I want this thing in life, I want your will. I'm going to turn, God. I'm going to turn. 
I'm going to turn God from my own ways. I'm relinquishing control this morning, God. I'm an heir according to the promise, God. I want the promise of God fulfilled in my life. Why don't we lift our hands to God in this place and why don't we just begin to talk to God? Why don't we begin to worship Him? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I, I would to God that the saints of this church will begin to lift their voices and begin to talk to God. God, help us this morning. God, move in our church. Move right now in this altar call. Move right now, Lord, at the conclusion of this service, God. God, help me to relinquish control today. Help me to turn, God. Because I've got a promise on my life. But it won't happen until I relinquish control. The promises of God are yes, and in Christ they are. Amen. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Move in our life, oh God. Why don't we sing to the Lord? Let's continue to pray. Come on, ask the church to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and begin to reach out to God this morning. There's a promise.
God is doing. Amen. 
Amen. You're welcome to stay and pray as long as you like. Amen. We do want to let you know that there are refreshments prepared in the multi-purpose room. Right behind you where you're sitting, there's a room back there where we have refreshments prepared. There's lots of fruits and uh, some sweets and some uh, some juice. Uh, so we were hoping that you would stick around in the fellowship for a little while and uh, meet your neighbor and uh, make a new friend this morning. Amen. No better place to have a new friend than in the house of God. Uh, we're thankful for everyone that's come to church this morning. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. There are refreshments prepared behind you. Thank you.